Welcome back to the most favorite and most exciting sports podcast to listen to. Welcome back to the Donald and Donald Podcast. Double D. Barbershop Sports, baby. And you know we're coming at you straight off script. Timo, giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Go ahead and pull up a chair and let's chop it up. You know that's right. We got a show today that's guaranteed to keep you intrigued. Let's go. Demo man. What's going on? Listen, check this out. We had an automatic instant classic that was played. You know what I'm talking about. We had that game between the North Carolina Tar Heels and Duke at Carolina. Oh my goodness. We got to chop this thing up. First of all, let's look at what was going on when it had happened before it had happened. Duke came in with a 10-point win over Virginia Tech previously. UNC came in with a one-point loss against Georgia Tech. Now, we get this game right here going. UNC, 93, Duke, 84. First thing that came to my mind, first thing that I was able to recognize was the refs was letting these players play, baby. It was like seven or eight minutes before they even called a timeout or whistle was even blown. Man, chop it up, man. Give me your thought process on this matchup. Um, it's, it's Carolina Duke. Uh, that's exactly what it was. Um, great game. It was a physical game. Um, Competitive-wise, we was kind of in control for most of the game. They led for a total of 16 seconds this game. <laughs> so we came out, and once we took a hold of the lead, it was just no looking back for us. And granted, we scored. We did give up 84 points. That does not do the, the defense, the level of defense that we played. It doesn't do it justice. That 84 points is not a accurate representation of how well our defense played that night. It was a lot of... 50-50 balls, switching, nobody's getting clean looks. And a lot of the shots they made were tough. You, They had to make tough shots. They had to make tough shots. They had to get it on the rim and, and get those lucky bounces to where it goes. Like things like It was not a lot of open looks for them. It wasn't a lot of comfortability on the offensive side for them. And as far as us, we had big games from people outside of R.J. Davis. Like Ingram being one of them, and I love Harrison, man. I love him. I called him when he became when he was in that transfer portal and we picked him up. I knew he was going to be a big piece to this team. I just didn't know he would be this important to what we're trying to do. Absolutely, man. He, you know what he gave him a double double with twenty one points and thirteen rips. Now coming into this game, do you think that intensified game uh, that North Carolina actually lost against Georgia Tech kind of set the mind, mindset for the team because that was like you know. Tournament atmosphere. Yeah, um, and that's what I said too. Having that, having that loss happen in the way it happened, everything had to go wrong for us to lose that game, and it did. So this game, it was let's limit what can go wrong, and we know we can walk out of here with a win. And that's just the confidence they had all night. They knew they could beat this team. Harrison Ingram was taking shots. This is just like I'm feeling it. Can't none of y'all guard me. Right now, if I put it up, it's going in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And my man Trimble, boy, he had 10 points and everything that was very much needed, but it looked like he was ready to play, attacking the basket and everything like that there. Had, um, and that's not, had great hustle plays. And that's what I think separated us was those 50-50 balls, those long rebounds and those balls where it, it's rolling on the floor. We were a lot of times the first ones to the floor, and we were chasing down everything. Like, yeah, Harrison Ingram and um, Baycott, I think they did the most of the work. Yeah, 23 rebounds between them. But everybody else who got on the floor got a rebound, at least one. Right, That right. showed, like, we were attacking every opportunity. If, when RJ started off so slow, like, he had six points going into the second half. With him starting off so slow, Baycott showed he still can be our guy. Yeah, and I noticed that too, man, because I already talked about the Ingram double-double. Baycott had 25 points with 10 rips on, of his own, and I was wanting to take it. You just addressed it. R.J. Davis did get off to a little bit of a slow start. Now, one thing that I did like about it is he did have some key plays that he, that, um, you know, really kind of changed and set the tone of the game, especially near the end, and his ball-handling skills was immaculate this game. And that's the, the running the two-point guards. That's what it gives us, running Elliott Cadeau. And, and that's one thing I took away from this game. He has to get that jump shot far. We can't. 
and when we get into the thick of it, we can't have that liability on offense. It can't be, and it's just you're unwilling to shoot it. You you're too hesitant to shoot it, and you're playing that mind game of yourself. You're, you're talking yourself out of some shots, and it, it it's not a bad shot. It's not a crazy looking shot. It's not like you're airballing. You're 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 bouncing it off the back of the back. It's not like you can't shoot at all. That confidence has to be there when you're shooting though. Right, yeah. I can understand what you're saying because you want controlled aggression. You don't want to take bad shots, but if it's there and you know you can make it, even if you miss a couple of them, don't stop shooting because their offense is going to be needed. And that's what it was. He was – that's kind of when they started making a little run, getting back in the game. They just ignored him on three-point line. It was staying on R.J. Davis, doing drop help on Armando Baycott, and trying to keep the ball out of Harrison Ingram's hands. <laughs> so it was like it was yeah. like that, and it was a lot of times where it was one one play comes to mind. They swung it to him. He's wide open. His first initiation is to drop. It is to create some it's, – it's to get into that defense and try to make them collapse and kick. He's a point guard. I do give him that. He's somebody who tries to facilitate. But that's a liability in close games. In games like this, we had a comfortable double-digit lead for for a lot of the game. So it's not really, you know, we're not really look. We don't need those three-point shots. But in close games, when they can just ignore you out there, it will become a problem. Yeah. Do you feel like because as I was watching this game, do you feel like at kind of at the beginning or when they did have just a small little drop? in production as far as scoring-wise was concerned, they kind of fell in love with the three-point shot just a little too much? I want to say that because the way the team is, four out of the – except for Elliot Kadeau, who I still does think – I still think he can be a good shooter. It's just that confidence factor. Four out of the – well, let's just say three out of the five guys are legit three-point shooters. You got R.J. Davis. You got Harrison Ingram. You got uh, Cormac Ryan. They're all – Great three three point shooters. You gotta, and that's that live and die by. It, mm-hmm. But you don't want to go away from what you do. Mm-hmm. And especially, they are two for five, two for three, five for nine. The only other guy who was shooting threes was Elliot Cadeau, and that's just because he had to take them. They was giving them to him. They was making him take them. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Us as far as he just has to shoot it confidently, and everybody else is. And what I think we understood is ninety three points doesn't really depict our team. Our team is not somebody who goes out there and tries to outscore you. We realized that early when we lost to UConn and Kentucky by trying to play that way. We are going to play defense. Defense leads to those easy breakout points. It leads to us being able to get up and down, which we do best. That's when we're at our best. Having Elliot, and if you watch it, it's a rebound. Look for Elliot. Let him push. RJ get to a spot. It's, you can see the formula there. And another thing I took from it, Hubie Davis as a coach is growing game by game. He's growing game by game. And it's, I know the rotation thing still, but we don't play a lot of people, but we keep fresh legs rotating in and out. Very important. We keep fresh, fresh legs rotating in and out. And it's, and it'll be, you could be playing good. You could be playing good, but we're going to need you in that last three-minute stretch. So right now, let's get Seth Trimble in there. Let's get Jaden Washington in there. Let's get Jalen Withers in there. Just give you guys something. Give you some kind of break to when you can go back out there and you can play, you can play physical. Elliot Cadeau fouled on a three-point shot, and he was livid at himself. He was, Hubie, it's okay. It's okay. It's over. <laughs> that play can't help you make the next play. Right. Move on. And things like that. And with, with him being a freshman, with him going one for six on the other side of the floor, with him, them leaving you wide, you know, the blatant disrespect of leaving me wide open and I haven't made y'all pay. So I understand you are living at yourself. You are upset with yourself because you know you're better than that. Anybody who steps on the floor expects to play better than that. Hubie has to reel him in because what you 18, no, I think he reclassified, so he might really be 17 going on eight, just to turn 18. So we know those emotions can fluctuate. I need you to stay even killed. You're our point guard, truly. RJ Davis is more playing that two guard now. You're our point guard. 
Right, right. And it's great to play with compassion, but just not out of control. I like the way you had mentioned earlier that uh, uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels, they know who they are, and they play that way. And with Hubert Davis growing, as far as coaching is concerned, that's even better, closer we get to tournament time. How do you feel about that Baycott-Flakowski matchup, man, down low? Because I seen how the defense for Duke was sagging on them, all of them. He just about had a double team just about all game long. We weren't doing that to Cass. We was letting him play him straight up, one-on-one. We're cool with it. They couldn't do that with Baycott. Right. Because Baycott was making, and that's another thing people, Baycott was doing a lot of things that we were just waiting to see him do. He did a lot of spinning to the left, over the shoulder, left hooks, and one. Like, he was banging down there, using his big body. He's not a small guy, but Baycott is a bigger build as far as mass-wise. He's a bigger build. So, yeah, you can't get down there and bang with him, make him feel uncomfortable. And then you got to think, Flip is more of a, he's that new day and age big where he, he wants to go outside first. He I seen him hit Baycott with a, a step back three. I said, whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on, who we playing? <laughs> you know, it, it was, and it was like he, an ISO situation where he yanked them and stepped back and knocked down the three. So I was like, Wait a minute. Baycott, you can't be out there trying to guard him. That's that's going to be a problem. Well, yeah, but down on the block, it was more just letting, and like you said, the rest was letting them be physical unless it was just a blatant, you had to call it. But um, Baycott showed a lot. Like I said, Flip, we understand his NBA potential. We understand where he's at, and we understand how Bay cooks. What where Baycott is at? It meant more. And you could, <laughs> I know I said that a lot as just kind a little of, bit more. It meant more, and it you could kind of see it. Right now, we do we did touch on before about R.J. Davis, his his kind of a slow start. Um, but it seemed to me like he stayed under composure. He he didn't get out of control. He didn't force things. Uh, that I think contributes directly to the maturity factor. Yeah, that's that that's been there before. Mm-hmm. He's been there before, and I think last year he learned that we can't get shot out of a game by you. Last year, that was the problem with this Carolina team. Caleb Love and R.J. Davis shot us out of a lot of games. I think he's now more of seeing he has a lot of help now. You have a lot more help than what you've had in the past. Let these guys help you. Right, exactly. Yeah, you started off slow. We know you can make these shots. We know all it's going to take is for you to get one simple look. And they were, that's what I love about this team, the camaraderie of it, the chemistry of it. I think that's what sets us apart from these other teams. It was a lot of Baycott getting it down, having a great game. He missed, what, three shots? Having a great game. Get it on the point. He'll get one play in particular. It started with Cadeau. Cadeau swung it to RJ. RJ won it down to the paint. He came, set a, Elliott set screen for Cadeau's man. I mean, Elliott set a screen for Davis's man. So Davis can float back to opposite side of the wing. Perfect pass from Arbendo Baycott. And that was after RJ had already started off so slow. Doesn't matter. We still believe in our guy. We still have faith in our guy. He's if, if anybody other who if anybody who's not named Zach Eady wins National Player of the Year, it will be R.J. Davis. Right. I got. So you. we know who he is. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all got him flustered right now. Y'all, you know, y'all doing what y'all supposed to do. Your game plan should have been focused on R.J. Davis. Just know when we need him though. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. But. <laughs> Mondo burgers for everybody, baby. Now, check this out. As far as Duke was concerned, uh, McCain put in a double-double with 23 points and 11 rips. And when you look at it, four, this was a great game. Mm-hmm. Four out of the five starters for Duke was in double digits. So it wasn't a walkover. Yeah. You know what I mean? Three it was at, had 20. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you know, they, North Carolina really had to uh, bring their A game, man. And they could not let their foot off the pedal, and they didn't. And I'm so glad they came in with that type of mindset coming into this. This was real. This was big. That was the – and that was the – you could tell just the focus wasn't – it's not necessarily stopping them because we understand the talent that Duke possessed. I think that's what it was. It was – we have to do every, all of the small things, we have to do it a hundred times harder than them. We have to go, we have to attack everything harder than they do. And that was the difference maker. We got so many second chance shots. We got so many leak outs. We got so, all those things led to us being up. 
by double digits. And, and then when it, it let us withstand those runs that they would go on. Yeah. So it's just, like I said, it was it's a combination of Hubie Davis growing as a coach, being able to get the best out of his guys now, and also the team understanding it's going to take the whole team. Right, right. Uh, team effort, teamwork, you know, like we say, always have made the dream work. The next game up for uh, North Carolina is Clemson. Now, you know, Clemson is going to be coming off a one-point loss against Duke, so they still live it about that and how that kind of went down because Clemson still feel and deserve that they should be there as well. Uh, do you feel like this train is going to keep going when uh, UNC and Clemson has always been a great game? Yeah, Um. I just think right now we're – we're a little bit more complete than Clemson. Mm-hmm. Clemson does have a great player down there in PJ Hall. Um, I think they got two brothers who are who are exciting to watch. Like they get up and they get up and get at it. I just think as a full team, we're just a little we're we're a little held in right now. I got you. And the next game for for Duke is actually Notre Dame. So you know they're going to want to take and prove something, especially after this uh you know this high octane game that they just got finished with with North Carolina. So hey, you remember how what we said? If a team scores eighty, you can pretty much count Duke out. This the the, the thing about this is losing a game like this. You have to react the right way, mm-hmm. and especially going into a game against a lesser opponent as a Notre Dame, who's won seven games on the season. Right. You don't want to go in like, oh, we automatically got a bounce back game. We automatically got it because they gonna come in looking at y'all guys like y'all coming off a loss. Y'all ain't invincible. Right. If I'm a coach, that's why I'm, they, these guys aren't invincible. It's, you're not going up against Superman. You, this ain't the Duke of old. This ain't the. They not running through people. They. If y'all come out there and y'all show it, and we gave the blueprint. Yeah, yeah. Put it on tape, if baby. If y'all come out there and put the effort in, y'all can win the game. And I'm just saying, from Northern, if I'm the coach, that's what I'm telling my guys. Because Duke is either going to be they're, they're angry and they're coming into this game ready or they're soaking. And it's, it's going to affect them going forward. Right, and we definitely going to see it when they play that next game. Now, the next the next matchup between North Carolina and Duke is going to be on March 9th, and that's going to be at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Is it too early to talk a sweep? Uh, nah, just because of the way we handled this game. I can't see us pulling out a sweep. I can't see it, but also it's going to take that same type of intensity. And being in Cameron, we know how that goes. Right. You know how it is, man. That is one of the most hostile work environments in college basketball, yeah, baby. Yeah, it's, it's that you feel all that. It's an intense game anyway, but you feel it more because it's right on top of you in camera. Yeah, it's right on top of you. It's no, it's no really separation between their fans and the play. Like they do the. Finger wave, and I'm pretty sure they be touching the back of your neck. Exactly. So you can feel it, man. It, 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 it'll be interesting to see. And like I said, this Duke team isn't bad. I just think as a team, I I like what we do. Right, right. And tonight, North Carolina wins, hey, baby. Man. Yeah, 143 to 117, man. Y'all got a long way to go. Keep it rolling. Hey, check this out. It was more men's college hoops being played. Hey, how about this little matchup right here, baby, between Kansas and Houston? It was a great game. Kansas was able to pull that thing out, 78 to 65. Kind of seemed to me like uh, Kansas is kind of getting back on track as far as winning is concerned. But also, when you look at that game, though, when when you look at that game, uh, you, t- you had four out of the five starters in double digits. But we still not getting exactly what we need off the bench. That's going to taken was just seven points, but they was able they were still able to uh take care of Houston in a very spicy game. Yeah, um that's a that's a great game for them and what I think allowed them to win this game was taking Houston's aggressiveness on defense and using it against. Um and what I mean by that is not it's more of taking their attitude towards defense and and using it for yourself. You gotta match that defensive energy. Cause if you don't you will get eaten up a lot. Houston, a lot of people thought they were the best defense in the nation, and it's and it's and it's warranted. It's it's a reason why Kansas matched that. So when you're at the top, a lot of people can't match what you do. So they haven't seen that level of defense, and that's what I think was able for them to break this game open and come out of there with a dub. 
Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, like you say, Houston, they're, they're a great team, and they're going to still bring it every single night. And you was, uh, like you said, playing against a high-powered Kansas team uh, that was reeling just a little bit. Um, I still think that they need to take and find a couple more uh, uh, points off the bench, uh, but I think that Houston will make a, a, a nice little comeback, and we're going to see both of these teams uh, making a pretty deep run when, when uh, everything uh, comes to fruition. Uh, listen, how about this one right here, man, because uh, – Tennessee uh, put up 103 against Kentucky, baby. All right. You know, you know, uh, DK, uh, boy, he, he had a slow night that night. He only had 16, but Zegler and James and Bukowski, hey, 26-26 and 11. Tennessee is showing what they made of. Yeah. Um, this just looked like it was a it was a, a bad game for Kentucky. And not really because you had 16 from Shepard. Reeves gave you 21 and then off the bench – North Carolina product, uh, Robert Dillingham, I think he's from Hickory, mm-hmm. gave you 35. Yeah. Hey, now. Hey, now. Y'all put up 92. Right. At some point, y'all got to get a stop. Mm-hmm. That's what it – and that's what kind of Kentucky – that's where they're at right now is all the offensive power in the world. It's all the offensive power you could ask for. They have to figure out – the, the 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 man up games where you have to stick your chest out and say okay that's enough right y'all done did it y'all done had y'all fun let me close this door now let me kick y'all on out of here I don't think they've done that yet they have some great wins they beat us earlier in the season so I'm not saying they're not a good team it's just that like you said about us it was the the going through it. All of the, the going through the pains, going through the losses, going through the – a lot of our team, we're not big freshman guys. This team is. Right. How do you react to – you know, and then we said – all people say this all the time about high school people making that transition. Where you're from, you were the best guy on the court 95% of the time. It's not the case no more. No, things have changed. It's not the case. Not a level. As long – as skilled as you are – this game is different. So these seniors, juniors, guys who've been in the programs for three, four, playing against these type of, you know, they was you. So they was going up against, you know, playing against these level of competition. They've learned a few things. Right. They've learned how to get a couple more calls. They've learned how to make you think I'm about to do something. I'm not. <laughs> they've learned how to buy into a system. You guys are still trying to figure it out. Talent can only, I say this with college basketball, talent can only get you so far. Right. Just going off of pure talent. We've seen it with the, if that if you can win off pure talent alone, Kentucky would have about 10 championships off of that streak of when they was getting the John Wall classes, Anthony Davis. I think only one of those classes actually won it all, and that was the Anthony Davis. So that's what I, talent is not always what y'all try to make it, it it's glamorized it to be right it's important but like you say it's not everything like they say you drive for show you putt for dough so offense is great but you're going to have to play some defense you're going to have to get some stops you're going to have to go on those 50 50 balls you're going to have to take and change up some things you're going to have to make the halftime adjustments to make it to where you want to go to yeah it gotta it it has to at some point you have to understand that you just have to do you have to do those small things. And it, it, it gets overlooked when you're able to go out there and give up 35 points. The small things kind of does get overlooked. But Rob, especially with Rob, those are the kind of things I, I would like to see out of you. I, the explosiveness is there. The scoring capabilities is there. But with you being the frame that you are, the size that you are, if you're trying to get to that next level, you have to become – you have to be – more useful than just I can put the ball in the basket. Right, right. Yeah. I always say that it's always two bridges that must be crossed. You're going to have to be able to take that high school game and take it to college. And then if you want to go further, you're going to have to be able to take that college game and then turn it into a pro atmosphere. If you're not able to cross those two bridges, you're going to have a short career on either side of the board. All those, all those games are so different. And I think that's what people don't... High school is way different than college. Right. And we know... The NBA is a way different beast than college basketball. Mm-hmm. So, another, I get it. Y'all are y'all are great. Y'all are the most talented bunch of kids in the world. Like y'all do what y'all y'all are there for a reason. If you and I know everybody there wants 
I want to say if 99% of the guys playing college basketball want to get to that next level, you have to grow. You can't be stagnant in what got me here. Yeah, it got you here. That's not that alone is not gonna get you to the next. And even if it does get you to the next level, we've seen people get booted out of the league quick. Mm-hmm. Is that the path? Do you want to just say I made it there, or do you want to make an impact? Right, right. Uh, you do have to take and uh, reinvent yourself in a lot of areas uh, because, like you said, some of the things uh, that got you there is what they're gonna take. Uh, try their very best to take away from you each and every time that you get on the court. So if you're not able to go into different avenues, recreate and and, and build a resume within yourself as far as more moves, more productivity and gain a high IQ, then like you say, it's going to shut it down rather quickly. You absolutely right with that. Check this out. When it comes to UConn, it seemed to me like they happy. Well, not happy. They, they're uh, comfortable with being number one and being chased right now. UConn took care of St. John's 77 to 64. And when you look at that, you had three of them that was in double digits with Newton giving them 18 with 10 rips. Castle, Spencer, 23-21 respectively. So they there. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. How long you think they're going to stay? I think they can ride this thing through the, through the end of the season. Wow. And being the number one. See, I think they can. Um, right now, once you get past them and Purdue, everybody's kind of in that same area for me. I think, you know, I feel about UNC. I think we're still in that same conversation as a Kansas, as a uh, Kentucky. Uh, we haven't beaten Kentucky, so I got to put them in. Um, uh, Houston with their defense. Um, Duke still, I still think, is a formidable team. So I still think we're in that, that bundled up group of but I still think those two right now are the clear favorites. Only Purdue does have a Zach Eaton, mm-hmm. and he has more help around him now. UConn is a team of – they had a leader in Newton. I think he is their their staple. But they have a full roster of guys who is – same thing I was saying about UNC. It's not a one-man show here. It's not a you stop him, the, the train stops. No, we're able to – make it all work and on any given night any one of us can step up and win us a game yeah so you think it's very viable that it could be a situation where they could be a number one seed in the tournament yes oh, I wow. don't think I don't think they don't make it to a number one it's just no way I don't yeah I feel you on that absolutely okay well that's cool with that Marquette who's the coach who's the head coach of Marquette I'm not sure. Okay. I was trying to figure it out because I I, I need to take a check into that. But anyway, Marquette, they still rolling. Who's Shaka Smart? Who who are you taking? Who who uh, who is, is he the coach of? Yeah, I thought it was Shaka Smart. It may not I remember he did leave from uh VCU. Yeah. I just didn't remember where he had went to. Yeah, I think he did, man. Uh check on that real quick. But listen, Marquette took care of Georgetown 91. 57, and uh, it seemed to be a, a very a well-played game. Shocker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I thought. No, that's what I was thinking about because he was at Texas yeah. before this. Yeah. yeah, and moved again. Yeah, I got you. But let's get to Marquette beating Georgetown, all right, because you had K. Jones uh, give him 31 points, man, on that night. And it seemed to me like they always have been a, a formidable team. Like you said, when you talk about the VCU, you know, and the VCUs and all of those, and when you take and when you talk about Marquette and when you talk about those other teams, they right there in the mix. So they seem to be at number nine uh, doing what they need to do right now when it comes to that. Because when I was thinking about Georgetown, it seems like Georgetown, uh, you know, when you think about uh, the answer, when you think about Patrick Ewing, uh, their team has seemed to lose a little bit of steam. Uh, we hadn't really talked about them a lot lately and everything. They had great coaching and uh, had a, a very rich basketball history. Uh, they're not quite there right now. It's it's the it's the things of everybody around you catching up. Yeah. Because um, I want to say they was in the same conference as UConn. They're, they're in that same realm of oh, and then Marquette also make it higher as those like a shocker smart mm-hmm. things like that to get those players to want to come to your school Georgetown kind of fell off with the the Patrick Young experiment mm-hmm. with that failing the way it failed and just not being able to convince the guys those top players to come to your program anymore. they just didn't buy in did they yeah because you haven't put anything out there for us to buy into they did get a high recruit in Mac McClung a couple years ago and that was the Patrick Ewing experiment it failed he transferred he, he left and he went to Texas Tech not even a basketball school <laughs> so that just shows where it just shows how people look at the program right now and, it, and that's something that 
the athletic director and whoever else is in charge of those decisions, you gotta you gotta start making the right choices to rebuild it. You gotta bring in somebody, a coach who's somebody that people can't believe in, and that coach has to get out there. He has to get his face in front of these top players in the nation. Because, like you said, Georgetown is a historic college when it comes to basketball. Y'all ain't been talked about at all, and it's wanted. Y'all don't deserve to be talked about. Yeah. It don't matter how good the food tastes. If it don't look good, ain't nobody wanting to eat. Okay, listen. How about this TNT matchup, baby? We had Texas against TCU. All right, TCU beat ranks Texas. Um... No, Texas beat TCU 77-66. to 66. Uh, When you look at that matchup and everything that's going on there, hey, Texas was looking great, man. At Monsters with, with 21 points in this game, Mitchell with 13, 15 on it, and they look like they got a little bit of production off the pine. Uh, they're always right there in it when you think about this team that's right now. They're, they don't have an immaculate record, but they fit, sitting at 15-7, and seven, and they're, they're going to make some noise. Yeah, um, they, they, they're – they're one of those teams who understand we don't have that top-end talent that a lot of these other competitors do. We have to find other ways to get it done. And tonight it was on the defensive side of the ball. They forced 11 steals, five blocks. It shows the effort that they were putting in on that side of the ball. And, and it led to a double point. I mean, double-digit lead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can, can you name a, a big name out of Texas uh, that's playing in the league right now? Oh, they got some people, man. Yeah. P.J. Tucker. Uh, <laughs> what KD play? <laughs> no, he played for Texas. <laughs> I love it. He played for Texas. <laughs> I was just want to name drop. Hey, listen. Okay, listen. Now, now, when you think about this next game, uh, this is, I'm going to tell you the first thing that comes to mind. First, I'm going to tell you is San Diego State against uh, Utah. Uh, San Diego State had 81. Utah had 67. The reason why why I take and I really enjoyed this game here is because when you think about San Diego State, you think about a Cinderella prototype team. You just do, man, because they always get in there and they shake it up a little bit, man. You know, they mess brackets up and they say, hey, we can play basketball too at San Diego State. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just that that culture that, and I said, culture in college sports can take you a long way. Mm-hmm. Just as soon as you step on campus and you feel that energy, or you talk to a coach and he comes with that passion for the team, it, it goes a long way. They, they buy in. And that's, would you, if you can get somebody to buy in to what you're talking about, that'll serve you better than almost anything else in the game. Absolutely. Listen, if you can sell water to the ocean, if you grab a cup. <laughs> you can convince, convince the number one player to come to your school, right? But if he don't think you can tell him how to play the game, if he don't think what you're telling him is going to help him, it don't. It ain't going to work. Right. Because he's going to go out there and do what I'm the number one player for a reason. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Yeah. He has to be able to buy into what you're talking about. That is absolutely true with that. You got Ladee. He looking real good, man. He had 17 on the night. Paul had 16. Trummel had 12. And then Parrish. I just love I love Pine play. I love the PP, baby. Pine play. Parrish, he had 14 off the bench. That's giving your starters a rest. You, 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 can't, you can't dispute that, you know? People always look at coming off the bench as a bad thing. It's actually I look, not, as, I look at it as, as I, I got a I got an advantage. Number one, of my legs is fresher than yours. Mm-hmm. Number two is, yeah, I'm probably not on the scouting report. Number three, it don't matter when I came into this game, you're gonna have to keep me on this court. <laughs> Love it. It don't matter when you come into the game if you're doing what you're supposed to do. He has no choice but to keep you on the court. Right. Yeah. Hey, absolutely, baby. Hey, check this out. Now, you had uh, what Central Florida took care of ranked Oklahoma 74-63. to 63. So, when I look at this Central Florida, man, okay, you had Sellers with 20, Johnson with 14, and Jones with 15. Uh, they was ready to play this night. Yeah, um, I think a commitment has kind of rejuvenated this UCF team. Um, They got Mikey Williams. Okay. Coming next year. And I think that's just, you know, when you get a person like that, Mikey Williams, is. I know he's had some of off-court things. He hasn't been able to play since he's enrolled in the college. He was, he's still a dynamic player. He's, the talent is not questioned. I just think knowing a guy like him is coming to your program, he chose your program. Um, after coming from Memphis with Penny, he's like, yeah, I see something here in UCF. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to comment. I don't know what he saw. Right. But he saw something, and he went down there. He's going to games. Like, he's going to y'all games now. So, like I said, just having 
a, a new breath of life breathing into the and they weren't bad they were 14 and 8 mm-hmm. they weren't bad they, they're not terrible but just having that new breath of life and I think some of these new know, beginnings man and some of these younger these underclassmen who aren't about to leave you know they're like okay let's build something now when we get and I'm, I'm pretty sure Mike is going to bring his best friend with him um He's following him everywhere he's went since high school. So, and as soon as Mikey entered the transfer portal, he did too. He just can't really talk to it because he's playing for Memphis. Right, right yeah. He, so he can't really. Uh, so I think he'll be there too. Those are two top players in their recruiting class. So it's like build something now, get ready for this, and let's try to make a run at something special. Right, yeah. And you can definitely see that kind of happening, man, and something that's building very special down there. Now, when you think about Auburn, they took care of Ole Miss 91-77. to uh, Took and had, listen, you take and you had a great, great game. You had all right, what, five players in double digits. You had a little bit of pine work with KD, KD Johnson uh, giving them 11 off the bench. So when you look at this Auburn team, hey, you know you absolutely have to say, okay, we need to make sure that we scout this thing and play them the right way. Yeah, ain't it crazy how we talk about a basketball school that's not a basketball school anymore, and now we go to a football school who is making their name known in the basketball world. Right. With Bruce Pearl out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's he did some good work in Tennessee. But the thing, he's a yeah. he's a seasoned coach. He mm-hmm. knows how to build up a program, and that's Auburn has allowed him to do that. They've allowed him to go through the bumps, go through all that, get get the type of players he wants in there. And he's leaning towards the smaller guards, too. You, he had Sharif Cooper coming to the program and made Sharif Cooper look like an NBA player. Now he has a guy by the name of Aiden Holloway, another Charlotte, North Carolina project. It was a bad game for him this game, but Aiden, as a true freshman, is giving you nine and four off of the bench. Right. And he's he, he's had games where he's burst onto the – like he had big games. So – it. I just think that's what we're saying. Of you got to get a guy who can build up your program. Yeah. So and making a team effort like what you said, because if not, if you have one, two, and sometimes three, uh, they can kind of shut that down and kind of scheme that out. But if you have a, a, a team contributing as a whole, it's hard to shut an entire team down each and every game. Yeah, running eleven players is hard to get tired as well. Right. Keep fresh legs, like you just said, on the court. Now you know we don't talk about Cincinnati a lot and everything. You know, our boy Kenyon Martin, he was there, he went there, and that was great. But uh, they had a great game between us, uh, uh, Texas. Tech in Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati uh, pulled this one out 75-72. to 72. Like I said, hadn't really talked about them a lot this season, but it seemed to me like they have something special that's going on there right now. Um, it, it, that's the, just the, like I said earlier on another episode, I just think the talent description is not as big, or the talent discrepancy isn't as big as what it used to be. Right. We're seeing a lot of these smaller teams being able to compete with the top 25. Mm-hmm. And it shows that they're right there. They might not get some of the players that some of these bigger teams are going to continue to get, but it's just the building of a program mm-hmm. that's going to keep them in relevance. Right. And like you say, when you think about chemistry and culture and everything, all of those are wonderful adjectives that you use – it's important, man. It's really, really important because it's like, hey, I'm going to have a bad night from time to time. I need somebody else to take and pick me up. And then maybe we don't have a bad night on the same night. And then now you can go back and forth and then you can squeak out a win. And then when everybody clicking, it's, you know, it's a, a beautiful thing. So yeah. it, it's just that that having that camaraderie, like I said, just having that and having it mean something. Mm-hmm. Having it mean something. A lot of these, a lot of the players... And that'd be the problem. A lot of them are playing to just get to the next level. Mm. They're just trying to get to that end goal of the NBA. Right. The smaller schools have a lot of guys who are playing more for the school. And that makes a whole lot of sense, man. Hey, listen, how about this right here? Florida Florida Atlantic, man, put up a C-note against Tulsa, 102-70. to 70. Okay, now when you take and you look at that game, for Florida Atlantic, all five starters. Double digits. Okay, I'm talking about smoking red hot. So they went out there and made it do exactly what what it do. Yeah, FAU came into this season, I want to say, as a top 10 ranked team. Um, They had some bad losses, one including to Charlotte uh, by two. Um, 
Illinois earlier to the season and Florida golf course. So they had some the losses they had were terrible losses. <laughs> right. Like they didn't know if it they were terrible losses. <laughs> which which contributes to them sitting at another Brian. Mm-hmm. Terrible loss like unexplainable terrible losses. Right. So like I said, sat right at number ten. That contributes to them sitting at number twenty now. They're not a number twenty ranked team. Mm-hmm. I still believe they're a top ten, top right in that six to ten range of teams in the nation. Just they caught a couple of those bad games. You know they left the door open. like that USC Charlotte. You lost by two just because you left the door open, and somebody on that other side was having a career night. I still think y'all are a great team. Y'all will be flying under the radar for the rest of the season just because of where you're ranked at. But I still think when it comes down to it, they'll be one of the better teams in the tournament. So when you look at the matchups and everything, and with that coming up, uh, upset alert right now. You feel me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, They're going to catch somebody off guard. Right. They're going to come in lower ranked and catch somebody who shouldn't be ahead of them. Absolutely. I got you. Listen, what's, uh, BYU took care of West Virginia. BYU, we know that they're taking that. They're, they're a nice team as well. But West Virginia, you know, they have a, a great coach that's out there uh, just uh, bringing things together for them when you talk about culture and a, and a great program. So how you feel about BYU taking care of Virginia 86-73? Um, I, I just think BYU's a little bit ahead of them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, West Virginia is still trying to build up that thing, and they've lost some key. Pl- I, I think UNC took one of their key players last year, and we don't even play it. Mm-hmm. He's one of our bigs who he just got lost in the rotation, but he was a key player for them. And, you know, so they're just in that, that middle range of trying to rebuild it back up. They did get a, a, um, a big transfer Noah Farrakhan who he just hasn't put it together yet I, he still has talent he's he was he's special like I, I enjoy watching him mm-hmm. um but it's just trying to put it and that's why he's bouncing around the way that he's I think he started at ECU transferred to Eastern Michigan now he's at and that's why he's bounced around just because trying to figure out where he fits best right um so West Virginia just and like you said they got a great coach who understands what it's gonna take Mm-hmm. To get back there, and 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 that's a, a a good thing to have. If you have a coach that understands you and knows what he has in his roster, great things can absolutely happen. Now, I know you have said some great things about Baylor. I know you really enjoy Baylor and watching them. Uh, when you look at this matchup, it was a two point victory for Baylor as Baylor took care of Iowa State. Man, you, you know you got your boy Bridges down there, Dennis is down there, Love is down there. Uh, they balling so hard. Yeah. Um. And this. This is what makes this game special. Uh, they Their best player is Jacoby Walter, the freshman uh, shooting guard. Terrible game. Two for ten, one for five. Only gave him seven points. Um, he did he did lead them in rebounds this game, so that showed, like, I'm willing to do something else when my shot's not falling. They picked him up. Everybody around him picked him up, and it came down to none making an and one Lay up at the end of the game to win this thing. So it's that it's that, and if you've seen the reaction from those guys, you can tell they actually care for each other. They yeah. actually enjoy seeing each other succeed. As soon as he's, and you know when you're when you're Jacoby Walton, mm-hmm. you're the only NBA prospect on this team. A lot of people with that type with that level of talent, I should have a ball. I should have a ball at the end. No, you shouldn't. Not in this one. Mm-hmm. Not in this game. And he didn't. He didn't pout. He wasn't. He, you could tell when somebody's in their head about something like this. It it just looked like he was going back to work. It was just another day at the office. He was fine with it. He he understood it, and that shows a level of maturity. And that I'm excited to see what he does in the future. I'm pretty sure he'll leave for the draft. Charlotte Hornets, please. <laughs> hey, please. we gotta send him a postcard. Please. You hear me? Because some, somebody down there don't could, get it. Oh my goodness! If we could get him next to Lamelo and Brandon Miller, Mark Williams stay healthy, and we figure out if if y'all want to trade Miles, trade him now. Don't let him just leave in offseason for nothing, and 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 figure out letting PJ Washington play. 
that's a whole different team right there, if you ask me. Yeah, it's still going to be young, the youth factor, but that's a whole different team. But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Okay, we're going to keep it moving. Hey, check this out. Alabama was a penny away from a dollar. They put up 99 against Mississippi State. So when you, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mississippi State. So when you look at Alabama, a very great team. They Sears is down there. He dropped 21 this game. Estrada 15. And then you had 20, 28 off the bench. So uh, Alabama, they can put up points when it comes to balling. Yeah, um, they're, they're still a consistent team. Um, they did lose some of the leadership factors that they had last year. Uh, Brandon Miller went to the draft. They, I think they had Javon Quinterly, who transferred to Memphis to go play with Penny. Um, things like that. But they did get a big transfer from North Dakota State and Grant Nelson, who started off the season picking up where he left off at North Dakota State. But in this game, he only had two points, only attempted three shots, only played 14 minutes. Right. I'm not sure if an injury or something occurred, but he's kind of fell off as far as production-wise once he got to Alabama. And I think that's what's holding them back from reaching their full potential. And that's why they're staying around that. 24 range of where they're ranked at. Yeah, uh, uh, could be dropping out of the top 25 very soon. I got you. Well, how about these games to watch? These games on tap, baby. You have number two Purdue, which we had talked about. Number two Purdue against number six Wisconsin. What you think about that? Chop it up. Um, I think Purdue should be able to take care of it. But if I'm not mistaken, Wisconsin has um this guy who who can light it up. If I'm not mistaken, uh, in Klesnick. I'd have to think, but Wisconsin isn't a pushover team, and they're kind of coming into their own right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Purdue should be able to take care of business. They got to just play their game. Uh, but just having having the talent and the players that's been in your program the way that they've been, you got to take care of business. Yeah, you got to yeah. take care of business. It's not a pushover game, though. Not at a, not no, at no. But 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 don't let it slip away, though. Don't let don't don't let it slip away because you got to take advantage uh, of these um, opportunities when you have them. Of course, we know a uh, building on, and as the season go, your record is gonna help you out a little bit. So you might be able to take in, you know, drop one or two, or maybe here or there. But you're gonna have to take and uh, win the games that matter, which is really every game. But don't sleep on any team at any given time. How about this right here? You got Kansas and. Kansas State. Anytime it's in state rival, anytime it is, you know it's going to be a hard fought game. I don't care what the records is, what the records are on either side of the game. All right, it's going to be a great game when you look at Kansas and Kansas State. Do you think Kansas is going to go ahead and keep this train rolling? Um, I think they should. It'll just be. I think it's really going to be Hunter Dixon. Hunter Dixon this game. He's going to have to have a big one. He's going to have to have a big one. Um, he's gonna. It's really gonna. I want to see a dominant game on the boards, uh, and I, I mean both sides of it, getting extra possessions, things like that. But I think they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a chippy one though. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna have that same kind of intensity that we just seen from North Carolina Duke. Just that physicality of the game. And you know, uh, you know that when it comes to Kansas, they they heavy, they front end loaded on it and everything. So h- how long you think they're going to be able to take and keep that up? Because uh, it could be a situation like you say, if you throw enough legs at them and everything, and keep another fresh rotation coming in, it's not going to say that the other team is going to win, but their chances greatly increase. Uh, and that's the problem. I think turn once you get into the tournament, it'll start looking especially rocky for them. Yeah. Yeah, it could. Do you think it could possibly be Kansas one of the first teams to get bounced? I don't think Bill Self will allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Because I think once you once he realizes that it's becoming like I think he, I'm, I know he's not oblivious to it. I know he's seeing that it's a problem. Right. But I think once he realizes that it's the level of the problem it can be, and especially once you get through a full season, people people aren't a hundred percent. They're banged up. They're sore. They're feeling going through this whole season. Um, I think he'll make some type of adjustment to figure it out. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see. I got you. Well, that's cool. Well, we're definitely going to take and uh, uh, check him out and see what happens. Now, you know, we're going to have to move to the WCBB, Women's College Basketball, baby. Hey, let's start right here with Ivy League play. All right. Them Princeton ladies, they won back-to-back games. They took care of – Princeton took care of Yale, 79-59. K-Chen gave 27 points. Then Princeton took care of Brown. But she had more help on that second game. Uh, it had More people had, took and come to play that day. Hey, um, they, they sneaking up on some people. They 17-3, and three, just cracked into the top 25. 
Um, and you know, I like the underdog stories. I like the the Ivy League team showing that it's more than just books over here, man. <laughs> Doctors and lawyers balling so hard, ankles are so yeah. at the moment. Look, <laughs> who would you rather have crossing your ankles? A guy who's majoring in um sports business, uh-huh. or a lady who's majoring in sports science? Exactly. She's going. She's gonna break your ankles and then tape them up after the game. I say I fix that for you. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> Listen. Now you know we talked about Gonzaga and that wonderful women's team that they have. They coming off back to back wins. Uh, Gonzaga beat uh, San Diego 80-52. to 52. All five of those starters was in double digits. Then Gonzaga turned yeah. right back around this and beat one. Pacific, man. With that K-Train, man. Them Tron sisters is rolling. That, that second one was... That second one was... That's something. <laughs> 104-39? Yeah, man. Wide open. Smoking red hot. And that's, that's one of those games, whole starting lineup. Double digits. Yeah. Then and got, 14 off got the bench. 14 off the bench. Everybody contributed something, even Stokes with a free throw. <laughs> Every little bit. She counts. knocked down something. <laughs> Look, we would have had 103. We only would have won by 60 something. <laughs> but it, it just shows that they're, like we were just talking about, they built this thing up and now they're trying to strike. They're trying to, it's hot. Like the iron's hot, let's, let's go get it. Yeah, and like you say, it seemed to be their conference to lose. It, it, so the, hey, same thing. Like we were saying about the, they took what the the boys did out there, um, and they kind of recreated it mm-hmm. in their own way. Let's dominate our conference first. Hey, take care of what we can take care of. Get there in the best possible seating possible, and now we have a chance to dance. Right. Love to dance. The two-step is my favorite. Listen, now, we're going to have to say congratulations to your girl, Juju. <laughs> she had a 50-piece bucket with sides included. Uh, USC took care of Stanford 67-58. to 58. All right. Now, when you look at that and everything, she had a double-double. All right. 51 points, 11 rips. Now, it had to be added motivation to this game, okay? Let me set this up for you real nice, like, and I'll let you run with it. Now, you remember before, Juju didn't have a real good game before when they lost to Washington, 62-59. to She only had 19 points that day with, in 38 minutes. Next, what's some more motivation that she can get this 50 from? Well, they're going up against one of the best centers in the country against our girl, Cameron Brink, which had a double-double herself this game, 19 points with 15 rips. And one more thing, how about one of the winningest coaches in women's college basketball with TB, making it do what it do. And then you're going against the Stanford program, period, baby. And then Juju say, I'm here. Talk to me. Uh, just to add on to that, this is the most efficient she's played, and it's crazy that it came in a 51-point game. Highest point production this season by D1? Yeah. Um, and, it, and like I said, it was the most efficient outing, which shows if she finds a way to make the shots easier for herself. We know you can make it. From, we know you can make any shot. <laughs> we know it. I, you're a professional bucket getter. We understand that. But if you can make it easier for yourself, this is what you're capable of. Single-handedly keeping your team in it. 51? The other team only had 58. <laughs> she almost outscored the whole entire team. By herself. All she needed was eight more points for somebody else. <laughs> she needed eight more points from the other seven ladies who stepped on the court. So mm-hmm. that sh- she can do this. We know that. You, you're up there with the Caitlin Clarks of the world of just how much you can change a game or how much you can dictate what goes on in the game. But if you're if you can shoot fourteen for twenty six more often, instead of like that's what I'm saying, she come off again, she shot eight for twenty seven. Right. If you can make this the the basis or this is the more consistent outings, ain't no telling what you can what you and this USC team is gonna be capable of. Absolutely, building on a solid foundation. I'm just glad that after that game where she didn't play so good with only 19 points, she didn't hang her head low. She said, I'm going to keep shooting because that's what a shooter does. A shooter keeps shooting and say, I'm going to figure this thing out. I know I'm fresh on the scene as far as it's concerned, but I know I have what it takes to be here. I'm here for a reason. I think she has that. I know how much faith this team has put into me. I know I'm the leader of this team. I know I'm the guy. 
she's wearing it well. Absolutely. She's wearing it well, and she has some. She has some great role models in her corner. She talks to LeBron James. Um, she was around Kobe and Gigi and all them people growing up. So she's she she has that right mindset of the approach to take when you're wanting to be. That she was number one recruit all throughout. So she she's always had that target. She's always had that pressure on her back. It's nothing new to her. Now it's just doing it at a different level and trying to make it consistent. Yes, and that's going to be so important that she continues to develop that and so fun to watch. How about Colorado? They can't stop, won't stop. At 18-3, Colorado, they took care of Washington State, 63-57. to You know how you feel about your girl, Violet? She had 20 this game. Foreman had 27. Uh, they did most of the heavy lifting, but they was able to get it done against Washington State this game, 63-57. Yeah, they just floated they just up under that radar after that big Iowa win to start the season off, it's kind of just like they've gotten pushed to the the back of it. You know, they're still getting the respect as far as the rankings goes. They're not getting the respect as far as the media coverage. Right. You're not hearing about Colorado. We're talking about them right here. So, <laughs> and I mean, we're always going to talk about them. But I'm just saying they're one of the teams that's, like I said, just flying under that radar, just being consistently good. Mm-hmm. They're consistently good. And they've, they've shown we can't beat the team that y'all look at as at the top of that mountain. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, one thing that I always look at and everything, it don't matter who's playing, who's on the court, who's on the floor, what, I look at pine production. Now, the the rest of the team on the score is 16 for them that, that, 16 for them that night, and they only had nine points off the pine. They're going to have to take it. Somebody else is going to have to be willing to shoot, and somebody else is going to have to make it. Yeah, and that's just the game where you change your philosophy. You you, you turn back to defenses, defense-oriented. Right. And, and yeah, our, our bench only gave us nine. They bench gave him zero. <laughs> Did up, baby. Did up. Hey, how about our girl, Elisa Pilly, baby? You know how much we love her here? They doubled off screw. Listen, Utah 83, Washington 65. Elisa Pilly had a 31-point game in 29 minutes, baby. Nice bounce back. Nice comeback. Still willing the team to win? Yeah. Um, she, she just, she's special. And, it, and it's the way that she can go about getting hers. She mm-hmm. can become that... That body on the block and, and bang around. She has great footwork and she has great control around the basket. But she also can step out to that three-point line and knock it down consistently. Mm-hmm. So it's either you got to put somebody who you feel comfortable with guarding me out there or you got to put somebody who you feel comfortable guarding me down there. <laughs> it ain't, you're not going to be able to do both. Right. It, it, it ain't happening. <laughs> so you figure out, you pick your poison, and hopefully you pick the one that's not lethal. Right, yeah. And I understand that, man. And like I say, so fun to watch, man, as this thing continues to progress. Uh, now you're looking at number seven, UCLA, baby, at 17-3, took care of California. Listen, UCLA beat California 78-58. to 58. Uh, UCLA got some, some nice ones going on. Osborne gave him 32. Jones gave him 18. And had so a little bit more spreading out of the, of the uh, butter on the rest of the bread with the rest of the team uh, making this thing happen. Happen and we know how good UCLA is. Yeah, Triple J sister chipped in with six off of the bench. JJJ. Yeah, so you know they just they and that's another thing they've built it up to. They built it up the right way. Um, they're just a good all around team. Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those things where I don't want to. Is it's not me trying to short them, but it's not much to say. Mm-hmm. They're, they're that show up to work with a lunch pail team. They're the Miami Heat of the, and it's not just because Triple J sister played on. But it's just, a, it's just. It does way, help, though. It's just the way they approach it. Right. The way they approach the game is, is kind of that. We're gonna outwork you guys. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna outwork you because even when their best players don't show up, they've seemed to always be in the game. Right. Right. Yeah. I got you. I feel you on that. Listen. Oh, uh, West Virginia took care of BYU. West Virginia sitting at, at nineteen and two. All right. Uh, West Virginia won this night, uh, seventy six uh, to sixty nine. I really like the games of Fields, Quinley, and Harrison. Okay, both of them giving them double digits along with Wash. Uh, Watson gave them ten as well. Uh, twenty two, nineteen, and eleven. Uh, West Virginia is a great team. Yeah. Um. A lot of people probably coming into the season didn't see this coming from them. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's just that. Showing up to work, showing up to work and being ready to work. Um, And I mean that from the time you stepped on campus in the spring to to now, 
just put in the work. Mm. Don't worry about what everybody else is talking about. Don't worry if they don't see what we see inside of this gym. We know what we got inside of this gym. Right. And we know what we're going to bring every game. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's only so long that they'll be able to keep denying us. Mm-hmm. And I just see they're starting to break into that top 23. Like we are just talking about Gonzaga's, um, what was the other thing we mentioned? But, but they're, they're breaking it. Oh, Princeton. They're breaking into that to where now, you know, a lot of people only pay attention to that top 25. Right. Now, what's your reason for not? Giving me my dude respect. Mm-hmm. We here too. Hey, listen, absolutely. How about the game on the night, man? It, it had to be that Iowa Maryland game. Hey, listen, uh, Iowa put that triple C on Maryland. That Caitlin Clark composure, baby. We already know what she's doing and everything. It's a, it's, a, it's a record out there. It's a it's gonna be broke. Yeah. All right, but. I don't think that's her main focus. I do think every night is probably in the back of her mind. But Maryland played a great game. They had Coach Brenda Freezy. She took and she had Maryland playing this night. It was a wonderful third quarter that Maryland came up with, man, with a 23-plus odd run in that third quarter. But Caitlin Clark and uh, Iowa was able to keep their composure and uh, able to pull this thing out in a pretty hostile environment. It's that, it's that they got up. They got up enough to where they didn't have to panic when Maryland started making the run. The one thing I'm happy with is if the normal Iowa team showed up, the team where the whole Caitlin Clark show, you go out there and you do what you do, we might take four shots. If that game, if that team would have showed up, they would have lost this game. Right. They had, they gave her just that. You got nine from Stokey, 17 from Davis, 15 from Martin, and the bench combined for 11 points. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that Stokey, that, that Caitlin Clark Stokey connection made some critical plays, man. Some critical baskets at critical times during this game to pull that thing out. That's what I'm and, – and Caitlin Clark has that IQ to where she is going to find you. If you're open, if you're, you know, if you're doing your job, she's going to give you the ball. 12 assists on the night? She's going to find you. They just have to be confident in themselves, knowing that, yes, I'm playing with Caitlin Clark. But Kagan Clark is also playing with me. Right, right, right. I really love the way the whole thing is meshing together. And I know we talk about a lot on the podcast. We love her. And she has a great game. Uh, I would like to see it as long as she's been be willing to play at the college level and beyond and wherever she go. I would like to continue to see her play. But the thing about it, man, is just that, that action, that basketball court, that basketball uh, uh, IQ that she has, the game that she brings, man, it's kind of she shoots <laughs> From the logo, like free throws. It's, it's that I, I practice these. Right. I, I practice these. It, shooting. I'm shooting's an art. Shooting's yeah. a. It's a remembering. Muscle memory. Yes, that's the word. I'm just that M and M. Getting into the consistent, not changing up what you're doing, no matter where where you're shooting from. It, it's not. It's not all about power. It's not about throwing the ball at the rim. She mm-hmm. actually knows how to shoot it. And when you can just when you got the art of shooting down, yeah, you can become somebody who can take a couple steps back. Yeah, you, and it's just getting your mechanics, getting what you're getting used, getting used to what you do, and finding it. <laughs> Absolutely. And listen, I like M and M's, but I like Skittles too. Listen, all right, games on tap, baby. Must see TV and what to look for. Listen, women's college hoops. You got Virginia Tech with UNC. We know our girls down there. I hope they can go ahead and pull out a dub with that. Indiana, Ohio State, Syracuse against Boston College, Pitt against Notre Dame, Creighton against Butler, Florida, LSU. Let's stop for a second. Listen, is Kim Mulkey going to have them girls playing on the heart? Um, I think so. I think so. She's she's one of those no-frills coaches, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty sure behind the scenes, She's ripping them a new one. Mm. She's she letting them know what y'all doing is completely unacceptable. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. From top to bottom. But we need more. We need more. And she's probably taking some of the blame, too. Mm. Uh, just, I'll let y'all get too comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't wait to see uh, Kim Mulkey's, uh coaching outfit 
that game. You know, she, always, <laughs> she always got something, though. Yeah. <laughs> Must see. <laughs> TV. Uh, Ole Miss against South Carolina. We got Kansas State against Texas. Baylor against Houston. St. John's, New York against UConn. A girl, Elisa Pilly. Utah against Washington State. Another breakout game, double-double? Um, I think I think it's more the the twenty three range mm-hmm. with the like ten eleven rebounds. I got you. Okay, Colorado and Bonley against Washington, USC, Cali. How about this one? UCLA and Stanford, baby, chop it up. That's the big one. I think this is going to be the big one. Um, and I look for I look for our girl Brink to to bounce back. Uh, she didn't play terrible. Um, I want to say she still had a double-double. Yeah, 19 yeah. points and I think 15 rips. It was just that that four. You know, I'm more of the offensive seat right. side of it. I do understand you you got to put your shot up to get to those points. But I'm more of how efficient were you at getting to that. She did struggle. She 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 struggled a little bit in that game. I think she has a bounce-back game. Um, and that's just – and then you, we talked about UCLA and how they just go about business. She's going to need – to have a big game. Everybody on this team is going to have to have their type of game. But those two down in the paint, Kiki and Brink, is going to have to have their that that staple type of a game. Right. That we've gotten used to them going down there and just dominate the block. And they have the two players who can do it. Mm-hmm. And I love the way, like you say, uh, she wipes the board, she hustles up and down the court, she never hangs her head, and she always stays involved. And uh, uh, finishing that thing up is an in-state rival with Oregon State and Oregon. 15 games on tap, baby. Must see TV. Don't miss it. Next up, hey, we're going to chop up the situations and the association. And we got that NFL update, baby, to give you. Don't miss it. Double D. Yeah.